Hi, welcome. Thank you for tuning to Life Plus Up with your host Kevin Yang. For all the listeners, Life Plus Up is a podcast dedicated in making your life better by achieving success in three core components of life: personal, financial, and career. In each episode, we'll be bringing some of the most positive and inspiring news, followed by introducing programs to help out with personal finance. We'll coach you some professional skills to help you advance in your career, and be your resources for a better lifestyle and health. You can find the newest episode every Wednesday by follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google, or much more. At the end of each episode, I will answer some of the questions from our listeners. So if you have a question, please email me or DM me on Instagram, or just by clicking on the voice link listed in the description. Remember, if you find this podcast informative and helpful, please share with someone that you think this can help. So now, let's have a great show. It's the first again. You take out your checkbook and start getting ready for another mortgage payment. You look at your register and see your balance after the payment remains the same month after month. You look around your home and saw your once aspiration of renovating this home into your dream home disappearing into the void when your furnace broke down the first time. When did your excitement of becoming a homeowner got replaced by stress and anxiety? How long have you put your renovation project on hold because of the financial burden? What do you think your life will become if your housing payment was just reduced in half or none? Welcome to episode sixteen, the journey toward financial freedom through house hack, with our guest Andrew Kerr. Now, before we start, I want to tell all the listeners that we have just crossed the 1,500 download milestone. This is amazing. This sure has been an exciting and a very rewarding journey. I remember when the podcast is first launched on October 2nd of 2019. I barely have more than five downloads in the first week. I want to take this chance to thank all the fans and friends of the show. For your continued support and encouragement, knowing that I am bring value to help people to get better in life is what drives me to do what I do best every day. Now, in this new year of 2020, I promise to continue to deliver the best content to help the listeners in achieving success in personal, financial, and career. With that said, before we start our episode, I want to remind everyone to subscribe and follow us on Instagram. Twitter and Facebook fan page for most up-to-date resources, episodes, interviews, and even events. And if you think there is someone out there that you know can benefit from this podcast, please share with them by clicking the share button through any podcast platform that you are listening on. Now, let's go ahead and start off with some positive and inspiring news. Today, our news is brought to you by Today.com, written by Rachel Pola. Abrahamson. The title is 
Chick-fil-A drive-thru employees gets a viral for his infectious kindness. A video of a North Carolina man enthusiastically taking a customer's drive-thru order is warming hearts across the internet. That's exactly what Latoya Lyles was hoping for when she shared the Facebook clip of her favorite Chick-fil-A employee, Jeremiah Murrell. I wanted the world to see you that there are good people out there, Lyles, 35, told Today Food. It's a tough time that we are in right now. In the now viral footage that there was filmed earlier this month, Jeremiah, 20, commends Lyles and her daughters on their amazing order and cheerfully note that he too prefers his sandwich without tomato. When it's time for Lyles to hand over her credit card, Jeremiah exclaims, you are one swipe away from an awesome lunch meal. Then he informs the passenger that he needs two more things. You know what that is? Jeremiah asks. It's a fist bump each. You guys are awesome. Jeremiah wasn't hamming it up for the camera. Lyle said he is always that infectious and upbeat. Hundreds of people have commented that they have had the same exact experience with Jeremiah, Lyle's told today. He's left his mark on so many. Lyle's noted that Jeremiah remembers name and has a spirit that brightens everyone's day. Jeremiah, who works at the Orlandon locations in Wilmington, North Carolina with his brother and three sisters, dreaming of becoming a local franchise operator. Unsurprisingly, he helps to train new team members on how to serve the drive-thru. I am so humbled by the attention this video is receiving, Jeremiah said in an email statement. I just want to help people in any way I can. So seeing someone today transformed by little kindness is amazing. The praise continues to pour in for Jeremiah on Facebook. As one woman wrote, he deserves to go viral. Every time I see him, he's always so upbeat and friendly. I'm so glad somebody captured this on camera because this is everyday customer service. So here at Life Plus Up, Jeremiah, we want to thank you for really brightening up everyone's day and tell all of us that even you can make a change and make everyone's day better. So keep up with great work, and we hope that one day you do get that franchise that you're looking forward for. Now, before we begin our main segments, I want to let you know that today we have the fortune to invite the host of the House Hacking Podcast, Andrew Kerr, to join with us. Andrew has been an amazing entrepreneurs, business owners, and the community supporters. Andrew came from a humble background, went through financial crisis as a mortgage banker, devoted himself into nonprofit, make a lot of positive changes in the communities that he serves. After having years of experiences in gathering budgets and donations and support to help the local communities, Andrew and his family moved to New Orleans and started his real estate portfolio investment business and achieved financial freedom. Currently, he is sharing his method and his success with all his listeners through the House Hacking Podcast and his website, F-I-B-R-E-I, Financial Independent by Real Estate Investments. So before we start our interview, let's take a short break and hear what our sponsor has to say. All right. Welcome back to the show. 
like we previously mentioned, today we have the fortune to have the host of a House Hack podcast that's recently launched in December 30th, Andrew Kerr with us as our expert for our podcast today. Andrew, are you on the line with us? I am, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. Now, thank you for taking your time to join us on our podcast. Here at Life Plus Up, we're really dedicated to help our listeners to become better through career, personal, and finance. And we definitely know that having your own real estate, your house, and making sure that your house pay you back is one of the key components to be a freedom unfinancially down the line. So Andrew, since our listeners just here for you for the first time, why don't you introduce yourself to us quickly? Yeah, sure. So I'm in my mid-30s, married, have two dogs, no kids yet, and we live down in New Orleans. I've sort of had two careers. My early career was in mortgage banking, and then my second career has been in the nonprofit industry. But along the way, what I realized is most jobs don't take care of you for retirement, so you need to sort of build long-term wealth on your own. And over the period of sort of my adult life, I've built up real estate portfolios and invested in real estate. I bought my first house at 20 and built up to a large portfolio that I've then sold off over the years, but still sort of passively invest in real estate. Thank you very much for your introduction, Andrew. And plus, like when you said that you were in the mortgage industry and when you talk about that was about like 12 years ago or more, that's when the financial crisis hit the most, right? Oh, yeah. I, w- I started in, I guess it was 2001 and worked in the mortgage industry all the way up until 2008. So I was there for the whole entire ride up. Currently, Andrew, I know that you have built a nest eggs and also a very sizable portfolio for yourself. What do you tell us about how you become who you are currently? Like, I know you started off as a mortgage banker and now you went to the nonprofit. And now last time we spoke that you actually own up to 40 rental units. How did that journey happen? Yeah, so I had actually was working in the mortgage industry right at 19, and then by 20, I was making enough money where I realized I need to stop renting, I need to buy a house, and using this house hacking strategy, I could live in a house and have roommates that would cover most of my cost, and that was really sort of my first foray into real estate, and at the same time, I was building relationships on the mortgage industry side with realtors, insurance agents, appraisers, contractors. So this was sort of developing in the background. And then in 2008, when the whole sort of financial world started falling apart, I went to go volunteer doing disaster response cleanup in Iowa in a place called Cedar Rapids that was completely flooded. And that week of volunteering turned into two weeks, turned into essentially four months where I, I didn't really enjoy the mortgage industry. I was making great money, but it wasn't fun. I was burnt out. And all of a sudden I was over here doing this nonprofit work. I wasn't really getting paid at the time, but I was really happy with my life. I was happy with that. You know, I knew when I went out and I worked an eight, nine, 10 hour day, I was helping families improve their life. And then I eventually got hired in the nonprofit industry. But, you know, my first, I think my first two months, my stipend was $800 a month. And then I became salaried and my salary was $2,000 a month. So it's not a lot of money. And it was great when I was in my late 20s and single and on my own. But I realized 
I need to build long-term wealth. I love doing this nonprofit work. It gives me a lot of meaning. And that's where I sort of tapped into my knowledge that I picked up in the mortgage banking industry and also had some early on mentors that helped me sort of build this large real estate portfolio. And I built it up to about 40 rental units in 2016. And then I started selling off parts of the portfolio. And then now I just passively invest in other people's deals. It's definitely an amazing journey because what you did is not simply that you take the experience you have from your professional part. You put a meaning behind it. Not to mention that you came from New Orleans were your family being affected by Hurricane Katrina back in the old time? No, luckily I grew up in North Carolina and then I had the opportunity, I guess it was about 2016, to move down to New Orleans. You know, my wife and I, we actually met doing disaster response work in the Midwest. She was from Minnesota. I grew up in North Carolina and we both really loved New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And back in 2016, I got to this point which in the personal finance space, people call it uh, lean fire. And what we both wanted to do was I had an opportunity to move to the Midwest and live sort of anywhere in this large area. And we loved in New Orleans. I wanted to invest in real estate in New Orleans. So we ended up decided to, to move to New Orleans and sort of make our home here. Yeah. A lot of real estate investors, when they go to New Orleans, it's not simply just because the culture is amazing, a lot of opportunity, and also that you're helping them to rebuild the community back up, right? Even yep. though it has been decades after the disasters, but I've been to New Orleans myself that even till this moment, you still have community that have not been able to rebuild themselves back. It takes investors like you who really invest in the communities, show people what's out there and attract other investors to come into the state to help you to go ahead and bring those light back to those people. So I really feel that your aspiration is very, very inspiring. Now, a lot of people will be wondering is that you get from a mortgage, you take that skills, you went to the nonprofit, you use that skills to raise money, to get into touch with people, to know the community, to know the local business, and now you're a real estate investor. What's next? What is your current career or personal aspiration when you already achieved so much right now? Yeah, so I have this big goal of trying to raise $25 million for charity. So when I first started volunteering in the nonprofit industry, I was actually going out and cleaning up flooded homes, homes that have been hit by a hurricane, you know, ripping out the old flooring, taking out the water damage. But what I realized was because I had this very entrepreneurial spirit, I was sort of motivated had a sales background in the mortgage industry. You know, when I was in the mortgage industry, I was essentially on a hundred percent commission that whole time. And I realized I can go out and I can go work on a job site, cleaning out a house for eight, nine, 10 hours a day, but anyone else can do this. Not everyone has this sales ability and likes to do it and likes to ask people for money to help charities. And I just sort of developed this good skill set where You know, I spent five years working with a disaster response nonprofit. I helped scale them from 500,000 in revenue to over 3.3 million in yearly revenue. And I've been doing that now for 12 years with uh, several different nonprofits. So I have this big, large goal of raising $25 million for charity before I sort of make another big career change. Then on the real estate side, you know, I built up to those 40 units and then I was doing a lot of the managing the properties myself, doing the work myself. And as I got older and then got engaged and now married, I realized I didn't want to be that hands-on. So I switched to 
shifting to investing in other people's deals. And now my sort of big focus is passively invest in real estate, keep working towards my goal of raising 25 million for charity. But another way I'm trying to give back is I just recently launched, which you mentioned to earlier was the house hacking podcast and my website, which is all about helping other people learn this real estate investing niche so they can reduce or eliminate their housing costs. Cause you know, a big part of your podcast is on that finances. And for most people, they spend on average about a third of their income on housing. So I'm trying to show people how you can get that from maybe 30% of your income to 15% or to 0% of, of your income on housing. So you can essentially live for free. And if you do that, it lets you pay down debt, lets you save money for retirement. It gives you all these abilities with your finances to do other things. And I think you have a fantastic point there because a lot of people out there, they look at their home as a burden versus something that they own as an asset. We think about a lot of people out there, they call themselves house slave. Basically, after they get their income, all the money going to the mortgage payments, insurance, and the fixture, at the end, they have a very little left. They kind of feeling dawning on how their future will be. But you're trying to help these people to realize this resource they have. The money that they're investing in on their mortgage payment, eventually this can be the starting point to build their portfolio up and achieve the financial freedom and independence, right? Exactly. And if you don't want to be a giant real estate investor, that's fine. You know, just doing a house hack can really help set you up financially to free up that money in your budget. And then if you want to become a real estate investor, doing a house hack is a great way to learn about real estate. You get to buy a property, you get to help manage tenants, you get to do maintenance. So it's this great way where, you know, I always like to say, if you don't want to own a bunch of real estate, that's fine. Learn how to do a house hack because it can make a huge impact on your finances. And that's very, very true because a lot of times, just like anything else, if we think of another perspective, something that used to be a burden to us can really become a very good weapon. Now, since you talk about the idea of financial freedom and independence a couple of times, what does financial freedom or independence mean to you, Andrew? Yeah, really, it's giving you the ability to do what you want, when you want, with who you want. So, you know, there's this other great podcast I really love is by Paula Pants. It's Afford Anything. She has this tagline of, you can afford anything, just not everything. And that's really what I sort of look at financial freedom as is you get this comfort level from this financial foundation that you've built where if you don't like a job, you can leave and not worry about it. You can take three months off to travel and not necessarily worry about money because you know you have all your basic necessities covered. It's having the ability to, you know, if you like to go out to eat, there's this old joke that always said the left side of the menu is the cheap side of the menu is chicken. And then the right side of the menu is the steak and the seafood and is the expensive side of the menu. It's, you know, going and sitting down at a restaurant and not ordering the cheapest thing because you're on a budget, but ordering what you truly want to try because it's okay to have a nice dinner out. You have that financial foundation. So it's just this ability to go after what you're passionate about. And that's where when we've achieved this nice level of basic financial foundation, you know, we travel every year to multiple countries. You know, in 2019, we went to Qatar, Egypt, and Jordan. You know, here in 2020, we've already got two trips to Europe planned. It's this ability to go after what you're passionate about. And for us, it's travel and for giving back. 
And that's why we spend a lot of our time doing the nonprofit work that doesn't pay well, but we're fine not having that, that high level of pay because we've achieved this level of financial freedom that's out there. I think that's a very good concept, especially when you talk about the restaurant menu portion. I think a lot of people, sometimes they cannot enjoy what they're supposed to due to the restraint on that part. And the concept of your interpretation for financial freedom was being able to enjoy life, being able to do what you need to do, put meaning to it versus waking up at five o'clock in the morning, get back home tired at 9 p.m., have no time with your families, repeat that over and over again. That can be kind of downing. So I do understand how financial freedom and independence is important to you. Now, a lot of people, they give up because they feel obstacle. They face challenges that they couldn't overcome. But for you to achieve where you are today, you must have overcome some really hard obstacles or challenges. So can you share some of that with us? So a lot of our listeners can actually avoid that particular trap. Yeah. So I actually never did a four-year degree in college. You know, I was back in high school, I was the student where if I liked the class, I got an A. And if I didn't like the class, I got a D. I did just enough to pass. So I never had a strong desire to go to college. I've since gone back and had certificate programs and got training that was very specific, but I didn't have that early on. And that was an impediment early on in my career where almost every time you submit an application to a job, it's you must have a four-year degree is one of the requirements. But what I found in a sales career, you get rewarded based on the effort that you put in. And the harder you work, the smarter you work, the more you can get paid. And that, that's why I did so well in the mortgage banking career. And then on the nonprofit side, while I didn't get paid more as I raised more money for nonprofits, I had more internal reward. And that was one of those things that I just found is where I realized there's this internal drive that I had that if I work hard, I can make a really good impact. The other thing that I had is everyone has days where they're really motivated or they're really lazy or we have challenges that come across us. I've worked with an executive coach for probably seven or eight years now. And that executive coach helps me with my whole life, with my career, with my long-term objectives that I want to achieve. And then a couple times a year, there's another guy that I uh, work with. I just started working with him this past fall, Anthony DiClemente. He has this really cool uh, show, podcast, and Instagram account called Biohacking Secrets, where he specifically helps folks work on the health side of their body. And I found by you know, having those outside experts to come in to help me fix problems that I have in my life. It helps me get over those hurdles and can help keep me focused on those bigger objectives that I have. And I think that's a very good point that from your experience and your story, let us know that you had that internal drive that when you face obstacle, when you feel like you can be better, you go out there to find that resources you use your time wisely and you find those coach to really take you to the next level. And when you work with a coach, a learning peer to peer environment that he's teaching you, you're applying it in your own way and you're giving back the feedback to him and he can go ahead and improve his program. So it's more like a collaboration and that's how you continue to elevate your skills, right? Exactly. Find someone that is two or three steps ahead of you in the direction that you want to go and try to learn from them or help them coach you along the way. Mm -hmm. But it takes a lot of motivation to do so, right? Like 
from your experience, you went through the financial crisis, you are in a nonprofit, you see how those disaster really hit those families and community. Sometimes it can be quite demotivating. So how do you continue to stay motivated? Where did you draw your motivation from? A uh, couple of things. So one is try to start with gratitude. You know, it, it was really tough going through the financial crisis. Luckily, I didn't get really hurt by the financial crisis. I didn't come out making any money. I was essentially at zero coming out of the financial crisis. But one of the things that I found by that nonprofit work that I did was when you saw families at their worst and you could help them get through that, it made me very grateful for the life that I had. And I think the more you can start your day or your week or your month from a place of gratitude, it helps with that motivation where when you are in that rut, knowing that, hey, trying to find that one bright spot in your life, whether it's someone you're dating, whether it's that pet that you have, whether it's the fact that, you know, travel to another part of the world that's extremely poor. Now, all of a sudden, you'll realize how good our life, you know, even the very poor in the U.S. are leaps and bounds better than several places around the world. And I think if you just have that level of gratitude, that helps. And then the other thing that I've found is you really have to take care of your mind and your body. And I still struggle with this from time to time. But if you take care of your your body and your mind, you try to read, you try to work out, and you try to eat somewhat healthy, that helps with the motivation where if you're eating garbage food, you're always eating fast food, you're not working out at all, your body is physically drained, that really affects your motivation as well. And if you fix that baseline of your health, it makes it a lot easier to be motivated. And the last thing that I have is I try to set goals that are really attractive, something that I get excited about and something that's achievable. You know, you want your goals to be a stretch and you want them to be measurable and achievable. But if you wake up and you're not excited about anything in your life, you're not grateful for anything and you're not taking your care of your body, it's really hard to stay motivated. And if you do those three things of take care of your body, you be grateful, and then have something that you're excited about working towards, even if you hate your job, pick a goal that you want to do, and that can help keep you motivated. And I think those are fantastic points, Andrew. When you talk about your primary motivation really come from the gratitude. You are grateful for your body. You are grateful for your mind. You are grateful for the things that you have but you do not go ahead and feel down about the things that you don't. And that itself, it's quite different because a lot of people out there, they become demotivated. It's because they don't have those things that they wanted, but they don't really step back and look at what they currently have and improve that. I think your story really tell us about be grateful of what you currently have right now and elevate from that. That's your foundation versus trying to be jealous or envy on other who already have went through those challenges, but you don't just don't see it, right? Exactly. Perfect. You know, one of the other really big things you can do is change your circle of friends. If you're not motivated, look around at, at the circle of people you spend the most time with. Most likely they're not motivated as well. So try to start spending some of your time with other folks that are very motivated, folks that are hustlers. Start to fill your mind with podcasts like yours, Kevin, where you know, if you start to have all these positive influences and be around folks that are motivated, you know, there's this, there's this quote out there. I don't remember where it came from, but it basically said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And if you're always spending time with people that are demotivated, you'll be demotivated as well. So try to break that friend circle and add in some folks that are hustlers and folks that are very motivated. And you'll find that you start to get motivated as well. 
Yep, I think those are fantastic points. The one thing that I learned from another guest I had before was that if you want to go ahead and start become better with you know, your friend circle is to see if you can have an accountability buddy. Find a group of people that's very motivated, that you hold them accountable, they hold you accountable, you get sent texts on telling each other what the goal is in the morning. Maybe sometimes it will help you to bring that in the fire. So I really like your point about instead of trying to go and complain about your environment, change it by stepping out of your fear and comfort zone and you might be able to be accepted into another environment that's a lot more positive, right? Absolutely. Perfect. Now, when we talk about your current accomplishment, your real estate investments, and also your financial freedom, what is your views on the relationship between the two, financial freedom and real estate investments, especially for people here in the U.S.? Yeah, well, real estate is really what helped me build a solid financial uh, foundation and, and really build the nest egg. You know, I, I had mentioned earlier on when I essentially the financial crisis, I left the financial crisis at zero. And then I started in the nonprofit sector at a stipend of $800 a month, and then a salary of $2,000 a month. So I really wasn't making a lot of money. I also didn't have a ton of expenses, but real estate investing gave me a way to control my destiny. It let me really build longer term wealth, which then helped to build that financial foundation for me where if I only worked a job and spent most of what I made, it made it would make it really hard to to get ahead. And by using house hacking and then investing in other real estate, it gave me that sort of base financial foundation that I now have. I feel your view is definitely very, I would say, accurate and important because what happened was you start off with having zero but you were able to go ahead and use your real estate to achieve what you currently have, appreciate the things that you currently have right now. So that's fantastic. Now, I know that you're starting the House Hacking Podcast back in December. You also have a website, F-I by R-E-I, right? Yep. What's the concept between, uh, behind the names, the House Hack Podcast or the Five by Rye? Yep, so Five by Rhea is essentially achieving financial independence through real estate investing. And the website is just sort of documenting some of my process of investing in real estate, how I've achieved this level of longer term wealth, and then sort of some of my musings on how to invest in real estate, how to shape your personal finances to get ahead. And then the house hacking podcast, you know, I had a lot of folks ask me, how do I get started in real estate? Or I don't want to be a real estate investor, but I'd really love to learn what you did because I've lived without housing expenses for quite a long time. And I said, you know, the best place to get started is with this real estate investing niche, house hacking. So it's sort of a way to give back and a way to help others. I launched this podcast called the House Hacking Podcast, where all we do is do a uh, deep dive into the house hacking strategy. And every week we do a case study on a new house hacker. We've had, you know, a single guy, a single woman. We've had a married couple that actually through their house hack, they started off dating, they were engaged, they were married, and now started a family and had a kid. So every week we just show a new story of someone that has started into house hacking and how it shaped their sort of financial future. Some go on to be big real estate investors and some have no desire to invest in real estate outside of doing a house hacking. And it's just really my way to show people how they can reduce their housing costs. So it gives them a way to get ahead financially. 
And those are fantastic materials. For any listener out there who have not seen Andrew's podcast, I will be attaching the link and also bio in my own medium publications along with the show note. There is a lot of scenarios, a lot of case studies. This is something that you will be able to relate to. So back to you, Andrew, I want to ask you is, I can see you're currently shifting that from just being an investor, just being a community contributor you're beginning to become like a coach. You're hosting a podcast. You are providing programs and resources to help others to achieve how you become successful. So currently, what are your experiences in coaching? What are your next steps on trying to transition into that role? Yeah, so I have a couple of people that I've worked with throughout 2019 on a sort of one-on-one basis where they wanted some coaching to help to learn to house hack or expand their real estate investing. And it's something here in 2020 that I'm We'll probably look at working with a couple other people, but I really like the idea of just working with a small handful of people that are really serious about making a change and then helping guide them and helping them not make a lot of the mistakes that I made early on, or I had mentors that helped me uh, avoid those mistakes so I could get ahead really, really quickly. So that's sort of something out there that I'm thinking about in 2020 is how many other folks I want to start working with. Uh, but in the meantime, we're releasing a new episode of the House Hacking Podcast every Monday so folks can continue to learn. And those are definitely something to look forward to. I can tell you that myself, I definitely listen to your podcast on the way to work every day. Now, when I hear your podcast, your tone is always very upbeat. You're always very positive. So can I ask you, when are you the happiest at work? Like what gave you that most pleasure when you're doing what you do now? It's really when I'm helping other people, whether it's the nonprofit work that I do or the real estate side of things. And, you know, in the podcast, I'm really curious about other people. I think it's why my wife and I love to travel so much. You know, we've been over to 30 plus countries. It's really have this curiosity about hearing about other people, helping other people, learning about other cultures. So, you know, when I'm doing work, it's seeing something have improvement and learning about something new, learning about people. Fantastic. Now, Andrew, before we let you go, we want to go ahead and see if we can give a preview about your most current episode or the upcoming episode. So right after my podcast, my listeners can just jump on yours. Absolutely. So the episode we just had this past Monday was with Cami. It was the woman that I had just mentioned. Her and her boyfriend bought this home. It was a accessory dwelling unit house hack. And it they essentially shaped through their whole life. They went from dating to engaged to married to having a kid. And it really shaped their financial future. And our next episode is with this guy named David, who is using house hacking to launch his real estate investing career while he is a Marine in the military. And I think that's a fantastic episode. A lot of our retired vet or Marines or people from the military, somehow they always found themselves one step behind when they came back from their deployment. But you're able to help these people to go and get actually one step ahead, right? Exactly. And one of the great things about folks that are currently in the military or veterans, they have access to a VA loan, which is a great way to finance a home that is a lot cheaper and easier to do than everyone else. So it's, it's a great tool to use to go out and buy a home and do a house hack. And I certainly agree with you. They have already given their a lot of their time to our country. It's time to really let them go enjoy the financial freedom versus have to go on to a nine to five job and going out for another 20 years, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Perfect. Now, Andrew, for anyone who want to get to know you more, 
can you share with us how they can find you, your social medias or anything that they can let us know? Yep. So F-I-B-Y-R-E-I is all my Instagram, Facebook handles. And then the House Hacking Podcast is the handle for Instagram and Facebook as well. Great. And for any listeners, I will be putting all those links in my show notes as well. And at last, Andrew, I always want our listeners to walk away with at least one advice from our guests. So what is that one biggest advice you have for anyone that's listening to you right now? Look at doing a house hack. It's a great way to transform your, your overall financial picture. Fantastic. And we thank you so much for your time today, Andrew. And definitely, I feel from our conversation, you certainly will be a fan favorite. So I would not be surprised that we had to grab you back before our fans start to become a riot. All right. So anything for me before I let you go? No, I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much, Kevin. All right, perfect. As we're wrapping up this episode, I want to thank and remind all the listeners that in the description, you'll be able to find the overview of our contents the links to positive news and resources, and most importantly, the show notes that I publish on Medium. Our music are being brought by Scott Holmes from scottholmesmusic.com. And if you have a question for my guests or for myself, please email me at podcastlifeplusup at gmail.com or find me on Instagram or simply by clicking on the voice link in the description. If you find this podcast informative and helpful, Please follow and subscribe through your favorite podcast platform and share with someone that you really think this can help. If you want to support, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or simply by clicking on the donation button. Now, we'll see you all next Wednesday. Until then, remember, success without fun never lasts. And fun without success is not really too much fun. So let's have a fun and a successful podcast together.